0: As a man, I've been entrusted with many roles in my life. Husband, father, son, brother, co-worker, employer, and friend, and many others. But when I go away from this place, when I'm gone at my funeral, I hope that somebody that was affected by me through each of these roles can stand up at, at, at my funeral procession and say that I was kind, that I was loving, that I was generous and gracious, that I showed empathy toward them. And above all of this, I hope that everybody who knew me can say that they knew the reason I was these things in these roles to them was because of my devotion to Christ and my desire to maximize every gift I had for the glory of God. And I hope my children, above all the other people that I impact, get this and carry that legacy on.
1: Where do I go? What will I be? It's who I am. What will I
2: see? Maybe I pray. What will they say? What will they say?
1: What's up, y'all? Welcome back uh, to What Will They Say. Um, we got a good one on our hands. Um, we got Wes Edwards from the uh, great state of Arizona bringing the heat, um, and literally in the desert, just carrying rocks, dude. Um, but bringing the heat for the message too, uh, and just the word he's got about passivity and physicality. Um. I just want to start off by saying this week just thank you. Um, to those of you who have who subscribed. Um the the, the podca- podcast podcast of Mike if you had a chance to listen to it and what he's going through with his daughter Peyton is incredible. Um his story, just his resilience and strength and, and vulnerability. Um so just thank you for those of you who've subscribed and just the the love, the support and the feedback, um both good and bad, just in, on building this. And if there's anybody that you know um, that could benefit from any of these, um, I'd ask that you share it with them. Um, pick them up on the, throw them on the bus, and let's keep let's keep driving, driving in our pursuit to be better. Uh, husbands, followers, uh, brothers, coworkers, uh, parents, fathers, and um, so. Uh, anyways, second thing is I got good news and I got bad news. Um, good news is stickers came in. And so, those of you who aren't local, um, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, uh, your address, and I'll get I'll get them get them off to you. Um, if you're local, I'll, I'll get them to you. I got them. The bad news: these suckers are small. I got two smallest stickers, and so they they do say what will they say? Um, but I think if people see it, they'll say what does it say? Because you can't you can't read it, son. Um, so I got to order, I got to get me some, some bigger stickers and I'll get those. Um, and we'll, we'll get those, we'll get those in. We'll keep, we'll keep rolling. Um, so yeah, what else? Um, as I introduced Wes, um, and what he's talking about with physicality and passivity as this week, it's, uh, again, just recommended a book. Uh, this week we got, uh, Kim Haynes, um, book indoor And I know you're thinking like, dude, really going to recommend a New York times bestseller, um, top-of-the-shelves kind of book. Well, yes. Yes, I am, because it's awesome. It's a great book, and it ties perfectly, and I think, to what Wes is going to be talking about. Um, let me just read read an excerpt from it. Um, Your body gives what you ask of it. Don't ask much, and it won't give you much. Ask a lot, and it will give you a lot. I haven't found my limit yet, but I am trying. <laughs> this is a guy who runs 200-mile races, uh, too, but you're again, I'll read it again. Your body gives what you ask of it. Don't ask much and it won't give you much. Ask a lot and it will give you a lot. I haven't found my limit yet, but I'm trying. And so that's what I would push. And, you know, as we think about with with Wes's, what he's going to be talking about is um, physicality. And just what are we doing that's physical? How are we pushing ourselves, truly pushing ourselves? And, um... And as I think about the month of March approaching, there's always a common phrase that I heard as a kid. and It is in like a lion and out like a lamb, speaking about the weather of March. Well, my challenge to me and all of us is let's go in like a lion and leave a damn lion. Let's not go out like a lamb in the way that not we just push ourselves physically, but the way we push ourselves in our marriages, the way we push ourselves in being a father and pursuing our children again, but pursuing our wife, um, and just pursuing just greatness and pursuing improvement but knowing there's no end there's no limit there's no arrival point in our legacy there's just an end point and that's just when the when the when the tape stops and so um as as i drop in some video on this on this is since we got wes on the audio only it's just guys doing physical things and pushing themselves um, pushing themselves physically so that we can push ourselves emotionally and spiritually um, in other facets. We're becoming the, the most well-rounded we can become. Again, and just realizing there is no limit. And at the end of that video, I got my guy, Chris Lyle, um, I think it might be the first time I mentioned his name, uh, knocking out 100 burpees. And it sounds stupid, and it is, but he's going to make it look easy and it's going to take about six minutes. And whether it's that or push-ups or squats or running or what, whatever you can do to push yourselves physically, it's it's all relative and com, just competing with yourself and no one else do it for the month of March and do it every damn day and don't stop. Keep going to April and let's finish in December and start a new plan and keep going again. And so, um, just keep pushing and let's not settle in any area of our lives. Um, and so I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say with Wes And uh, without further ado, let's roll
2: Man, what an honor to be on this podcast And to be a part of this recording And to be a part of this particular community What will they say is a group of men Or a group of, of the kind of men that I want to become like want to be like want to surround myself with it's a bunch of doers and with that said here we are 2023 about to approach march a lot of guys made some decisions at the beginning of this year to reset some things in their family their bodies their minds a lot of men have said to themselves i am going to reject passivity this year I'm going to get after it. And that's the kind of men that I choose to be around. And look, if you're passive and you're working through some things as a man, awesome. Good for you. And I think for a lot of us, if we're honest, or at least I'll just say for me, I mean, for the most most of the first part of my marriage, I was a really passive guy. And to be fair, my marriage was okay. In fact, I almost lost my marriage in year four, and it took years to even find myself rebuilding who I was as a man and to ultimately become who I am today. I know this podcast isn't necessarily a religious podcast or a podcast that is designed for Christians, but I am a Christian and so I'm very connected to my faith. Everything that I do is connected to my faith. I believe that following after Jesus doesn't make me weak. I actually actually think it makes me strong. And I think about men who are in my space inside of the church world that's where we see a breakdown inside of what God is doing or wants to do inside of men, which is what leads me to this conversation, which is what leads me to conversations with guys like Matt leads me to conversations with other men in the high performance industry, which leads me to sitting across the table from really powerful men to dig in and how we create a culture of true savages inside of the church for a long time especially in men's groups inside of a church, we've relegated those moments, we've relegated men's groups men's ministry, if I can use that word for those of you who don't know what ministry is, just means a particular group or a section of people inside of a church where that particular group is getting spoken to directly. So in this case, men's ministry or men's groups, by and large, men's ministry and men's groups has a barbecue, has a breakfast, eat some biscuits and gravy. And then we talk about our porn issues. And to be honest, it kind of drives me nuts because it's playing at such a low level that men are still drowning in their pain. They're still drowning in their sedation. They're still drowning across the board. And yet the church continues continues to do events, to put things on and to have moments where we eat some barbecue and and figure out how we can put some accountability software on our phones without actually digging beneath the surface to find out why men are sedating in this way. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be just porn. It can be Little League Baseball. It could be Netflix. It could be too much beer. It could be all kinds of stuff. It could actually be even serving the church. You could actually sedate by serving the church too much because you don't want to deal with what's going on. On, on the inside, therefore on the outside, you'll get yourself busy inside of what people think to be positive when actually it's you just sedating from having to deal with what's going on, on the inside. And that's the problem. The church, my particular group as Christians, and I use that globally, global Christians, global men's groups, global church men's groups, we play at such a low level. I'll give you, give you a great example. When is the last time, if you're a Christian, and you go to church, when is the last time you were challenged to be physical? No, in fact, most of our leaders in church have not judged themselves when it comes to what they put in their mouth. Ask me how I know I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who is trying to lead something. And yet, while I'm trying to lead, I am not doing what's right when it comes to my body. And we're supposed to be the example as a man. Now, nah, come on, Wes, you don't want to you don't want to harp too much on the the physical aspect of our lives. Yes, I do, because it's the very thing that takes out most of our leaders. Ed Cole, one of the most prolific leaders inside the church, the the man who started men's groups or men's ministry or the, the sort of the forefather of men's ministry inside of Christian churches back in the 80s and 90s, literally was begging men at the end of his life to address the physical because he, out of all the things that he addressed, because he was a savage, he, he would talk to 80,000 men in a stadium and he would lift that room up and cause men to rise. And the the thing that he was saying towards the end of his life, you must judge yourself with what you put in your mouth. And yet most of our leaders, if they're honest, if I'm honest, if we're all honest, we don't we don't judge ourselves in this area and therefore our lives are cut shorter. The question really is, is Would I be a better father if I was judging myself or choosing to put the right things in my body? What's the answer to that? Would I be a better grandfather if I put the right things in my body and begin to move? Look, the whole adage of, hey, once you hit 40, things start going downhill is is a lie. It's not true. I hike with a lot of 40 and 50-year-olds, and I will tell you based on their times and how well they do, they didn't get that memo when it comes to the whole 40-year-old thing. In fact, they're crushing the 20 year olds. There's two guys who I hike with who, who literally outdo all of the people that they're, they're 20 years older than some of these guys that we hike with. They're crushing them by minutes up a mountain, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And it's sometimes they're putting on 40 pound vests and still crushing them. They didn't get the memo. We choose how to live our lives. And when we choose to not address our physical pillar, if you will, our physical body, that's on us. I cannot lead at the highest of levels if I don't judge myself in the physical aspect of who I am. It's attached to everything. When I pray, my physical mouth is moving. When I meditate and spend time in scripture, I'm physically sitting somewhere, opening up my Bible. When I go to my gatherings, My church services on a Sunday, I'm physically getting in my car and physically walking in that building. Even more when I climb a mountain, I've connected with the creator on so many levels that otherwise I would not have had I not chosen to do the hike. And I say that with so much humility because my body is not made to be a hiker. I'm too short, too fluffy, too chubby, bad knees, bad shoulder, bad bicep, injuries, all the things, right? I'm not designed as a human to to be a hiker. And yet I choose to get up and go and climb mountains. It doesn't make me better. I just keep showing up. And if there's anything that I would say to any man that is listening to what will they say podcast, the question is, what will they say? Will they say your life was ended too early because you didn't address this part of who you are? Man, again, this is not me shoving a scripture down anyone's throat, because again, I I know this is not necessarily a podcast that is going to church people, but there's a scripture, actually two of them that I want to read. First Corinthians 13 uh, verse 11 It's found in the New Testament of the Christian Bible and scripture, but it said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like a man and be strong. Two monumental verses for men to grab a hold on to. It's interesting too. It's it's like a lot of complaints that you hear even from husbands is, you know, my wife treats me like I'm her kid. Well, the truth is, is if you act like a kid, you're forcing her to treat you like one. And until you actually rise as a man and start leading yourself like a man, then you can expect your wife to treat you like a kid. Her motherly instincts are going to kick in because you or I am acting like a child. But if you're listening to this, I would suppose that you're probably not age-wise still a child. But if you're gaming, if I'm gaming two, three hours a day, then you can probably expect your wife to say, hey, you need to turn that off so that you can go and do and fill in the blank. Because that's what a mom says to a boy who's spending too much time in front of a screen playing video games. The average age, ironically, is more closer to my age than it is towards my son's age who's 14. Grown men are spending hours upon hours upon hours sitting in front of a screen with a controller in their hand playing video games. Is there anything wrong with playing video games? Heck no. Do your Call of Duty. Get after it, play your little Fortnite. But make no mistake, if you're playing so much that you have neglected yourself, leading yourself, spending time with your kids, spending time with your wife, dating her, investing into her soul, her emotional self, then yet expect to be treated like a child. Most husbands force their wives to treat them that way. She won't treat you like a child if you're leading yourself like a man. If you're acting like an actual man. Look, no woman ever dreamed that she would marry a passive man who said yes to everything. No woman ever dreams of marrying a guy who buys her everything and just does everything for her and then just says yes to everything because he doesn't want to deal with the conflict. No woman wants to make love to, quote unquote, a nice guy. They want to make love. My wife wants to make love to a man who knows who he is, who knows when to be nice and when to be a savage. She wants to know that her husband is a savage, but chooses to to turn on the nice guy when it's necessary. It's like last night sitting across from her, watching her silhouette, sitting on a golf course, eating dinner. We're just sitting here talking, reminiscing about life. We had some Valentine's cards that were maybe 20, 25 years old that we were rereading. It was really fun. But I could see the look in her eye that she knows who she's married to. I asked her the question, what's, what's your favorite thing right now in life, like right now in this season? And her words to me meant so much because she said to me, my favorite thing right now in this season is watching you, watching you continue to rise as a man. That meant everything. And I'll say this for some of you physical specimens who never pray, who never send notes to your bride or send notes to your mom or sisters, those who aren't married, but you're still physical specimens. don't invest into your emotional self, into your heart as a man, then the same thing is true for you. Even though you're a physical specimen, you can do all the things, but you're not emotionally healthy. You're also living and limping along as well. It goes both ways for those of us who struggle on the physical side of our, our, our manhood versus the emotional, spiritual, and relational side of our manhood. It all matters. Where we live, we live by a code and we're just on the precipice in the beginning of this, but This is what we live by, the four characteristics of manhood, reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, and then invest eternally. Reject passivity in your physical pillar, reject passivity in your spiritual, relational, emotional, your professional and financial pillars. We accept responsibility. When we don't do what we're supposed to do, we simply say, what are the facts? Here are the facts. Now it's time to get after it's time to rise. Today. I failed, but tomorrow will be a new day. The Bible even says that we we get God's mercy at its fullest every single morning. We get a new clean slate of God's mercy every single morning. So dust yourself off, wake up tomorrow, and get after it. That third one is lead courageously. Lead courageously in your professional life. Companies are begging for leaders to emerge. Why not? Why not you? Your kids are begging for you to lead them. It must be you. And the last thing is invest eternally. Think about the poor. Think about the broken. Think about the needy. Think about the marriage that's on on its verge of divorce. Think about the friend who needs someone to walk alongside them. Think about the friend who's sedating with alcohol. Think about all those things. Will you make the investment into somebody else? And for those of us who believe in Jesus, what is the investment that you're going to give to them that means more than anything? It's giving them the person of Jesus. That's what we do. We reject passivity. We accept responsibility. And we lead courageously. We make investments eternally. that's what we do so what will they say at the end of it all because the investment into you you becoming the man that you want to be will actually be the greatest investment into the people around you because you will be a man that not only can people follow but a man that people want to follow your kids your wife if you're single those that you serve, those that are around you, they'll want to follow a man who leads himself and leads himself courageously. That's what being a man is. Peace.
1: Where do I go? What will I be? This is who I am. What will they see? Maybe I pray.
2: Yeah. At the end of my days, yeah. What will they say? What will they say?